There is simply no better place to get all the news on the Big Ten Conference than with Nate Dickinson and the Locked On Big Ten Podcast. Follow the Locked On Big Ten Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. On today's episode, we've got our guy, Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports, in to talk nothing but MSU football, baby. That's right. We're back to talking gridiron. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wednesday is the day. September 22nd is the date. Lockdown Spartans is the podcast. I am your host, Matt Sheehan, and uh, hey, thanks a lot for listening. Really do appreciate it. Uh, whether it's your first day listening or your 4,000th time listening, God bless. Uh, really, really just want to extend a huge thank you for, uh, yeah, lending, uh, lending this voice your ears for the next half hour or so. And it won't just be my voice. It'll also be Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports. Good old friend of the program. Uh, we'll just bebop around and talk football. A little change of pace from yesterday's show. We talked to uh, Dave Klein of SpartanHoops.com about Jackson Kohler's big commitment over the weekend, how he fits into MSU's roster, the state of recruiting, all that stuff. So if you're looking for some hoops talk in the middle of football season, uh, yesterday's episode, probably a, a good place to point you right here. Uh, for the rest of the week, because, well, on the Lockdown Spartans podcast, we do this Monday through Friday. Five days in a row of nothing but Spartans. We're going to have uh, actually back-to-back Nebraska personalities here. Tomorrow we'll be speaking with the, the fine folks of Core Nation and uh, just talk about their state of the program, what to expect for Saturday's game. And then on Friday's show, uh, some keys of the game from Husker Mike on Twitter. So, yeah, it's just really good. Uh, two, two solid preview shows coming up to end the week here after talking with Steven on today's show. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you find people. Get your podcasts. And really quick before we get to Steven, Tuesday is Mel Tucker's media availability. Usually kind of dry, doesn't really give out a lot. But I got to say, today, yeah, he had some quotes that, whew, yeah. All right, fired me up a little bit. Um, big, big game coming up this weekend. Saturday, under the lights, Fox Sports 1. Stripe the stadium if you're going to the game. You're in an even section. You are wearing green. If you were in an odd section or in the student section, guess what? That's white. You are wearing white. And about that atmosphere, um, Mel Tucker, just right off the bat, this is how we start the press conference, is talking about what he expects from Spartan Nation coming up on Saturday. Uh, Tucker says he's anticipating a big crowd and a rowdy environment for the game on Saturday. I don't think they should be able to hear anything on third downs. Mel, believe us, you won't be able to. Uh, and also, Nebraska requested 2,500 tickets. And Mel Tucker says that he shouldn't see a speck of red beyond those 2,500 people. Of course, Nebraska is very well known for uh, traveling inc- incredibly well, no matter how good or poor their team's doing in any given season. So yeah, Mel wants the Spartans to, understandably so, pack the woodshed, strike the stadium. Quote, people shouldn't want to come play in the woodshed. You're damn right, Mel. That's right. Uh, other than that, nothing really notable from the press conference. Just, just you know, like I said, just some stuff to get the, the blood pumping. Uh, no injury updates or anything of the matter, as if he was going to give anything out on that anyway. I, you know, we, we know his MO with press conferences and injuries, and like a lot of football coaches, doesn't even give out anything anyway. 
Um, yeah, and just one fascinating thing, too, really quick, is that MSU on Saturday in Miami with a game taking place on a field that was uh, reported at 105 degrees, Mel Tucker says that the GPS numbers showed that Michigan State played faster in the fourth quarter than the first quarter against Miami. How is that possible? Uh, actually, I'll tell you how it's possible. It's a strength, conditioning, nutrition, and diet program uh, from Coach Novak, from Amber Reinstein. Uh, just incredible work done, kind of behind the scenes, uh, for the MSU program to get the boys ready, hydrated, and, yeah, uh, really get their bodies in the right place to get a win and out outplay Miami in the last six minutes of the game for dagger time. That's right. So that's pretty much it from the press conference. Nothing else too notable. If anything else notable pops up, uh, you know we'll talk about it later in the week. But right now, let's get to our friend, Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports, to banter about these Spartans, baby. I don't know if you can... Can you hear the cricket outside the window, by the way? I, like, I have the window open because it's 95 <laughs> degrees in this house. Can you hear the cricket? No. Oh, no. All right. Uh, stop talking. No, no, let me see. All right. Yeah, maybe not. Regardless, I think we have no, a hot really. already. Very no, early on. I so. Don't think so. Yeah, hot start here. All right, well, 24-7 sports uh, guru, just legend, dapper gentleman, Stephen Brooks here. to talk about some Spartan football with us, but Stephen, before we get any further, how you doing, man? You doing okay? <laughs> I, I'm doing okay. Uh, the Nebraska fans in my mentions right now <laughs> are not, so seem they to are. have uh, inadvertently yeah. sort of started a wildfire here and uh, not sure where it's going to take me, but I'm personally, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Because you are, you're a pretty straight shooter down the middle. You don't do a lot of hot takes, or you don't really stir the pot at all on Twitter. And good for you. That's the correct way to handle uh, that <laughs> hellhole of a website. But you, you did have something uh, posted that I want to get into right now. The woodshed. I'm using air quotes, which is great for a podcast because no one can see the air quotes. Uh, has been thrown around constantly in the last few days. Strike the woodshed. Head to the woodshed. Make the woodshed loud. Some people love it. Some people don't like calling Spartan Stadium the woodshed. Where do you stand on this hot debate, Mr. Brooks? <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I guess it is really hot right now. Um, mm-hmm. So to me, it's. I've always. I've heard it, but I've always heard it from players and former players, and maybe coaches from time to time. Sure. And <clears throat> I thought it was kind of their thing, and I think that that's cool and important for the team to have their own thing. Like everybody doesn't have to be an all in on the joke, you know. Like, uh, I just think there's something to keeping something sacred, like within the program, like Spartan dogs, it was always sort of an internal thing. And now that's come out and sort of been widely adopted. And that's fine. That's cool. It's, it's got all sorts of marketing, branding opportunities and all that. And it, and it lets everybody sort of feel connected. And that's, that's all great. That was just my impression of it. I was like, you know what, that's kind of their thing. And it's, I, I kind of like that it's their thing. Like, that's kind of cool, but, uh, they're pushing it, uh, as hard as you can possibly oh, yeah. push something right now. Good Lord. Like, uh, oh, yeah. almost too hard, yeah. you know, in my opinion, like, it's like, geez, you know, it's like the old, you can't give yourself a nickname thing. It's like, my gosh, wow. yeah, like, that's, get it. I think you're onto something there. No doubt. I, at this point, like I expect to see shirts like Nike branded shirts for sale at Spartan stadium on Saturday with the woodshed written on it. Like, I feel like this is something marketing campaign employee. I'm all about it. I'm all in on it. You know me, Steven, I'm a sucker, sure, especially, sure. you know, I felt Tucker's the guy pushing it. I'm drinking anything he's given me these days. Um, but also on the other hand, like I, you also know me. I, I got a I got a very small attention span, probably the attention span of like a three year old or a, a goldfish. We have too many like sayings going around right now. We got the woodshed, we got deep water, we have relentless. I, I probably I'm already forgetting some other ones. Are, are we putting too much dip on our quote chip right now? I, I guess <laughs> so much going on. 
Maybe, yeah, because, I mean, you do kind of want, like, a thing, you know, like, I don't know how, uh, whatever the heck the swamp's really called, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, I think. I don't know how that became the swamp, but that it just sure. is now. I don't know. I don't even know LSU Stadium's a real name, I don't think. It's just Death Valley. So it takes yeah. time, you know, and if they really wanted this to be a thing, maybe it should have been implemented out there a little bit before because now it's just fire hose to the face, woodshed, woodshed, woodshed. <laughs> Everything that's being pumped out from the program right now. Um, and like I said, it's a little much, a little extreme, you know, just to cram it all in one week and try to make it a thing. I'm but uh, either way, yeah. it's getting people talking like us and it's getting attention on the game. And I just got home from Mel Tucker's press conference. That was He spent the first five minutes today basically urging and challenging almost to the Michigan State fans to come out, show out, you know, wear the colors, do the thing, make it loud. Don't let, don't sell your tickets to Nebraska fans. Uh, don't let the Huskers in here if you can. Like, let's really show out and make this an event. He spent five minutes talking about that. Um, so this is a big point of emphasis this week. I mean, it was basically five minutes of woodshed tweets, like all in a row, you know. the same. Me- it was the same message at the end of the day. He really, really wants to see a good turnout from the fan base, and he's always been complimentary of them so far this year, you know, whether it was Youngstown or down in Miami. Um, so he came out with a very intentional, very strong message today that he wants to see that stadium packed. All right, we will be back with our guy Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports in a hot second. But first, need to talk to you beautiful people about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag, we are back and better than ever as all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the field to start another fall football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this fall. With new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Everything football. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, receive your 100% welcome bonus. That is double your initial deposit. How do you do it? It's simple. Use promo code NFL100. No spaces in that whatsoever. Just NFL100 to unlock that 100% welcome bonus. From football to basketball, boxing, don't forget golf, too. We got the Ryder Cup coming up. Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. That's Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Sure, of course. And obviously, he wants the stadium packed for the home field advantage, you know, third downs, celebrating touchdowns, but also... I, you know, we know Mel Tucker. He's a big recruiting guy. I'm sure he wants an incredible atmosphere for the recruiting weekend ahead. Um, I, I know that they finalized their recruiting or, yeah, c- recruiting ticket request on Thursday. So a lot of names still up in the air. But right now we know that uh, quarterback commit uh, Kaden Hauser is coming. Uh, four-star Texas commit, top 250 player Armani Winfield is coming. Just, just how big of a weekend for recruiting is this going to be? Is this like now becoming a mega event or is it just a few rumored names here and there? It's it's pretty big. Um, the, the I should, should uh, I didn't want to interrupt you, but Armani Winfield is an interesting case because mm-hmm. we've heard sort of some conflicting reports on that. So what we're okay. uh, <laughs> me and the team uh, at Spartan Toga, Justin and Corey and Sean and me are kind of in wait and see mode there. And maybe by the time this comes out tomorrow, folks will have some more clarity. Um, hopefully, we can provide that clarity for him because yeah, we that was the expectation. I think Caden Hauser was actually the first one who said he was coming, and then he told a Texas reporter that he was not coming. Was actually going to be at Texas this weekend. But was that was that misdirection or what did he okay. change his mind? Was somebody being blatantly lied to? I don't know. Um, but he could be there, you know, and that's a big deal because he came up on an official over the summer 
And it was kind of a, a, dope, a cloak and dagger thing. Um, we didn't really know about it until like the Friday or Thursday before he got here. Uh, and obviously it's a big time target, like a top 150 overall player, Texas commit, Texas mm-hmm. kid, four star receiver. And, you know, they're happy with their three receivers, but if they can get a dude, they're going to go get him. And he's sure. a guy that they've kept in contact with and he fits that bill. Um, so if he's able to come up, make that second trip, absolutely. That's big for them. And being around Caden Hauser, I think could be a big effect. And, you know, if you're coming, you know, Texas, uh, they've got a pretty nice environment down there, you know? So if you're going to get that sure. guy up here, you certainly want, uh, your home atmosphere to, to measure up, you know, as best it can. Um, and then a bunch of other commits, I'm sure probably a good, a number of, of 2023 in-state kids maybe would be back up. Um, maybe if they didn't make it to Youngstown state, uh, hmm. I don't, and as far as I'm aware, there's no official visits this weekend though for football. So in terms of like, is it the biggest or whatever, you know, it's just, it's their first home night game as a staff. So like that alone is kind of big and it sets the tone for how they want to do things for these type of situations and how they can sort of maximize a night game atmosphere and what they want to do and just sort of put that plan to the test and hammer it out as they go forward. But uh, I wouldn't say it's, you know, once they start getting some official visitors over the weekends here, then, um, Later on into the fall, I would say those would be bigger. But I mean, it's the biggest one to date, so sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I guess any big weekend's a big weekend. I mean, these days, so yeah, goes without saying. Um, kind of just want to go back to the last game here, and I, I know that usually we talk a lot about offense, one episode, defense, one episode. But I just want to get really specific with a group here. I want to talk about the defensive secondary. And uh, namely, let's start with Ronald Williams. I just want to know what you made of that game. Like Charleston Rambo, like he was eating, you know, he had like a, a scrillion yards, two touchdowns. But then again, like was, was Williams job just simply keeping Rambo in front of him and making sure that he didn't get beat on the outside? Because those are the routes he kept giving up. We're just like the 10 yard dig routes, the, the hook routes. And he also got Michigan State footballs, like one of their player of the game awards too. So it, it sounds to me like, Maybe Williams just wasn't getting fried. Maybe that was just the whole game plan in itself. Ben, don't break on his side of the field. I'll stop rambling. Like, what? what how did you, you know, take his performance on Saturday? Yeah, uh, he and, and a lot of those guys were better than I thought live. And and live, like I knew what they were doing. I mean, so like they play a lot of cover three since is in this in the Tucker era since Scotty Hazelson got here. He did that a lot at Kansas State. He's been doing that a ton here. Um, and so what that requires is that both corners have a deep third of the field. So basically the hash marks mm-hmm. to the sideline on each side. Um, and so that is their job, you know, in that, in that scheme is to, to bail out of there and get deep and make sure, you know, deeper than the deepest. That's, that's how it goes. So yeah. when they're, when they were bailing out and giving up sort of the line of scrimmage, like that's just sort of a natural weakness of it. Cause you're asking then a, a corner, I'm sorry, a linebacker or a nickel or a safety, somebody to come down from the second level and get out to the flat and get those guys. So um, my problem though, watching it live and, and a little bit still on the replay was just the amount of cushion. Like you can give guys cushion and still be in the same city as them, you know, like they sure. were catching balls and nobody was even around, you know, it's one thing to just, you know, to say, I'm going to bail out and keep this guy in front of me. And I get that. It makes sense because Miami does have some speed and you yeah. wanted King to play from the pocket and you wanted to keep him in there. And you didn't want to be turning your back, you know, and running man to man or anything like that with these guys on the outside. But it did make sense. I get it was frustrating to watch. And like I said, I just think they could have been still tighter. You know, I I, I get the plan. It makes sense. It worked, too. We have to say that it worked. So whatever I think uh, as a non, you know, million dollar defensive coordinator really is irrelevant because it did work. But, yeah, I just felt like, you again, you can give them that cushion and even let them get the catch. But 
you shouldn't be five yards away on the catch so consistently. I mean, these guys were making were running free, catching the ball, and then taking three or four steps before somebody was close enough to even hit him. You know, I just thought that part could have been tighter. Um, you know, so Williams, it's kind of, it's, you know, it's pretty much the same with him or with, with Gervin or with Kimbrough. Like, I think all three guys sort of had a little bit of that. I think all three guys could have tackled better. Um, obviously, Williams has the nice pick at the end, and that was a, a product of doing that all day where you where you get the big cushion and then you see him stopping short and you can sort of eat that up real quick. Um, for him specifically, the one thing I've thought so far is he's a little – I thought he he's not as flexible as I thought. He looks a little stiff out there with his okay. change of direction. So I don't know if that's just a rusty thing or, again, maybe it's a scheme thing I'm overlooking, but um, just little things like that. Uh, but, yeah, I, and then, you know, uh, on the other side of the coin, I thought the nickels and safeties all played very, very well, oh, um, especially the especially the nickels. You know, I thought they had a good game. I thought they've been good all season. So not all bad back there by any means. No, I kind of go along with that, too. Like, yeah, just like you're saying, I mean, Henderson has been incredible all season. Sugar Weasel, Angelo Gross has been amazing. Darius Snow, awesome. And I also want to touch a little bit on Chuck Brantley right now. Um, very aggressive, almost a, a little too much, as he will be missing the first half against Nebraska thanks to the targeting call. But I mean, do you expect him to kind of – maybe not a starting role perhaps, but, I mean, do you think we should expect more and more and more Brantley? I mean, to me it seems like an obvious – answer yes. I, I thought he played very well especially just like you said with cover three you give up the flat they did a lot of flats but man I feel like every time they touch the ball Brantley right there snow right there Henderson like yeah so it was, I, I was very impressed with Brantley is I guess the point I'm trying to get at yeah no a hundred percent you're gonna see a lot more of Chuck Brantley moving forward um I mean near the end of camp I was told he'd probably be our starter if he wasn't uh, 150 oh, wow. pounds you know Shoot. so yeah he had a, he, he impressed in camp um came in you know got the system down pretty well and just was competing right away. I mean, he's been in that too deep right away. He was a backup, you know, in game one, essentially. They just really didn't rotate anybody out there. But, uh, yeah, you're going to see a lot more of him. I liked what he did too. Um, it reminded me, you know, obviously he ends up getting ejected. But even before that, he popped some dudes and threw his shoulder into him. It reminded me of when I talked to his high school coach last last fall before he signed. He said, uh, Chuck is as physical as they come. He plays uh, like a corner. He plays like a linebacker at corner. And we, I think we all understand that now. Totally, um, totally. And that's the thing, you know. He is small though; like he is, he's still pretty light. He's gonna need to, he's he's gonna need to uh, get with the get with the nutritionist and, and and get in the weight room, obviously, this off season and bulk up a little bit because um, he is just a little small right now. But he's fearless, you know. And I think you gotta love that as a young defensive back going down to Miami. I mean, he's he's uh, he's a Florida native. He's comfortable down there. But he was matched up against Rambo a couple times. A dude who was who was going off on him, and you got a true freshman down there you know, uh, manned up on him or at least uh, lined up over him, I should say, in the zone. So uh, I like that part, you know, and the, the hitting shows that he's fearless. And I think he's obviously a good enough athlete to take care of it. He's got the hips and the coverage ability and all that. So, um, yeah, I think we'll see more and more of him when he is a, in a, when he is an eligible player again. We've got one more segment to go with our guy Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports. But first, need to talk to you fine folks about Built Bar. That's right, guys. Nine delicious flavors. Oh, oh, wait. That's right. Limited time flavors just dropped and won't be around for long either, so jump on this one early. I am talking about cookie dough chunk. Oh, my goodness gracious. Wolf one down in three bites yesterday. What Hopped on the exercise bike, and that was after a vacation with a lot of beer, not a lot of uh, fitness, if you will. And uh, you know what? Bill Bar powered me through. 
they they brought this old dad bot up on the bike and had him survive for a 25-minute workout. So thank you, Built Bar. And thank you for making a delicious cookie dough chunk bar. On top of that, they also have coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. As you guys may already know, most flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, only 4 grams of net carbs. How is that possible in such a great tasting bar? I have no idea. Maybe you know. Maybe you want to try some. Maybe you want a promo code. How about LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com? Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your first order. One more time, guys. That's promo code LOCKED15, all one word, for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Not done talking to you yet this break either because we are talking about prize picks. Prize picks. That is right. It's daily fantasy made easy and it is for you. Why? Because, well, odds are you're a college football fanatic and prize picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world. They offer props and star players from the Power Five. Maybe guys you never even heard of in the mid-major programs. How much fun is that? I mean, that's, once again, the, the beauty of college football is just latching on to a guy that plays at a group of five school and poof, riding his coattails to some money at prize picks. They offer any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. And right now, if you deposit and use promo code Locked On, you will receive a instant 100% deposit match up to $100. So how do you play? Well, it's easy. You can make your picks in 60 seconds or less. You pick between two to five players. Just pick their over-unders on the projected numbers. Not going up against any lineup. It's just you against the numbers. And you could do mixed sport entries too. Dabble in uh, baseball. Tie it in with college football. Have, have yourself some fun. So use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. And best of all, guys, prize picks. Safe and fast withdrawals. It's your money. You need it now. That's right, baby. So don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com or go to your App Store today and download the app right now. Price picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right, let's uh, let's keep talking to Stephen, shall we? Got two listener emails that I kind of wanted to pick your brain over, Stephen. Would you rather talk offensive coordinator or kicking first? What what what, what do you want to tackle first here? Dealer's choice. Uh, let's do offensive coordinator. So this was an email from Lucas Powell. He actually pulled over the side of the road to send this email out. So love love the relentless dedication. Uh, passion and dedication right there, that big time. So. Uh, long email, but it boiled down to kind of this and a loaded question for sure. And I could, you know, see where his brain's going. I mean, a thousand different directions. It's kind of like how I think. Uh, so Jay Johnson, how much of it is his play calling and how much of it is just relying on Kenneth Walker to turn bad plays and losses of yards into great ones? Like, is he getting bailed out by his great players? Or then again, like he also wrote, is it the other side of the coin where, well, duh, that's what offensive coordinators should do, get their get the ball in the hands of their best players. So like I, long, long question short, how do you judge Jay Johnson so far after just three quick games with now a roster that can compete with other teams? I think he's been really, really good, you know, and I know everybody wants to see 60 points a game and 600 yards and, uh, you know, Mike Leach, air raid, Texas tech type of stuff. But uh, for being in, you know, in 2021, they're, they're, they're closer on the old school end of the spectrum, you know, than just about anybody. I mean, they do go under center. They played a lot, especially in Miami. They played a lot of double tight. They play tight ends either way uh, frequently, you know. 
Um, Connor Hayward's kind of the modern fullback, you know, so they have a little bit of that element. There is a very much an old school um, pro style approach to it, even though a lot of times it is dressed up in sort of the modern 2021 way. But I think Jay's been really good. You know, like I, I just say that because, you know, these days people just always want more and more offense, more and more points. But even though it's kind of an old school flavor to it, it's productive, it's working, um, and it fits with Tucker and what's he want, what he wants to do defensively and his whole complimentary football thing. It's not going to put the defense in bad situations, you think, and all of that. So it all ties together in sort of the trestle ball way in that regard too. But with Jay Johnson, look, I mean, Kenneth Walker makes him look good, of course. I mean, sure, all of them. You know, that, that applies to everybody who works there or plays right. there. It makes everybody look good. Like the first play against Northwestern, okay, like that's Kenneth Walker doing his thing. That was just a basic inside zone, you know, yeah. and Kenneth Walker sees the left corner, boom, beats his guy, and he's off to the races. But game two, that's Jay Johnson, you know, with the flea flicker saying, oh, I bet these guys are going to sell out hard on Kenneth Walker right here. Let me let me do a little uh, dipsy-do on him and, and let's see what they do <laughs> with this one. That's Jay Johnson. The fourth and one, you know, that's Jay Johnson. Um, obviously, going calling the deep shot right after the fourth and one of Miami, that was Jay Johnson. So – you know, and there's ways that he can give, you know, Kenneth Walker, once he gets the ball, yeah, he's taking the work from there, but he can set up Walker in these positions to that are that the odds are going to be more successful than, than others, you know. Um, they did a lot of things with, like, misdirection and backfield, just a little eye candy type of stuff, whether it was uh, run and read around in sort of the orbit motion where he goes deep, like it's arena league, all the way back around the, behind the formation. I think they did four different plays off of that. And they basically did all the different options. They handed it to Walker. They pitched it to Reed. Then they did the the rollout little uh, dink uh, dink and dunk thing to Naylor. Like they they hit every option of that thing. I think they ran it like four times. So yeah, I think Jay Johnson's been really good. And like I said, I think he, he's he's calling a game that's obviously aggressive and it's obviously maximizing his players. But it's also it's not like too hyper cutting edge to the point where you're going three and out in forty seconds, you know, or putting a strain yeah, on your right. defense. Like I said, it's still going to be, you know, as much new new age stuff as Mel Tucker has done and is about, he's still a defensive coach like D'Antonio. He's still going to want an offense that, that complements his defense in that way and won't put his defense in bad spots either or force them to sort of be the heroes like, like we've seen from some recent teams. Next time you see Jay Johnson, can you just like apologize on my behalf for saying mean things about him? He probably actually, hopefully, has no idea who I am or what I said about him <laughs> last year, which was very unfair. But next time you see him, can you just give like a blanket apology to say like, "Hey, this, this weirdo on Twitter just says sorry." Like, do you mind passing on that message or no? <laughs> sure, sure, and it's fair though because I mean I think last Thanks, year people were skeptical <laughs> of him though, but I think uh, he was oh, yeah. skeptical of his personnel, and I think that's kind of what we're seeing. You know, I think he's got a lot more trust no doubt, yeah. <laughs> understanding of who these guys are and what they can do this year. And I think that's – now we're kind of seeing the real Jay Johnson, I think. Yeah, and really quick, just I want to get you out the door with, of course, uh, a kicking question because uh, – and this comes from uh, Jonathan Cherma. And I'm sure a lot of other Spartan fans have the same kind of thoughts uh, Jonathan has here. Uh, all right. He writes, I have a question for the pod. At what point here do we really worry about the place kicking game? Coughlin has not looked good at all this year. And yeah, he's missed some long field goals, but a guy with his kind of experience should be better. Your thoughts um, really quick. Coughlin is two for five this year. He has made a 37 yarder against Northwestern, the 23 yard chip shot against Miami. Now, here's where it gets interesting. He's missed that ridiculous 60-yarder against Northwestern they lined up for. Like, I, I can't give him too many negative marks for that. The 50-yarder against Youngstown was also a lot to ask for. And, yes, he did miss the 39-yarder against Miami. That's one that 
for a six-year senior, you hope he makes. But yeah, for a career, he's thirty. Sorry, thirty-seven. He's seventy-three percent career, which is like squarely in the middle for college kickers. Like that's very average. Like, do you take average though, or do you kind of expect more out of a six-year senior, Stephen? You one hundred percent expect more out of him. Um, you know, the the chip shot, the the Miami one. Yeah, that was that's a big disappointment. You know, and. Michigan State obviously hasn't been in in a situation yet where that can come back to bite them, but I'm sure they will at some right. point. Um, you know, they just they're still not a team that can just uh, can brush those type of mistakes off. You drive down there, you got to get some points out of it. And yeah, a six year senior kicker, I mean, 39 yards that's that should be you should close your eyes and go get a hot dog. You know, like it's it shouldn't you shouldn't <laughs> even be concerned about it. Um, but on the other hand, like I you know, and this is probably the one thing where I could really you know where I would even come close to you know air quotes knocking the staff and it's like you got to know your personnel this guy never in his six years has been a 50 plus big leg type of guy so the fact that they've yeah. sent him out for two 50 plus yard attempts like i was just scratching my head both times the 60 yarder was bizarre the other one that was, insane. was like that was 55 insane. <laughs> or something you know in, in one sense i want to give him the benefit of the doubt because he must be doing it in practice like i trust these coaches enough that that he obviously mm-hmm. must have shown them you would think but to me who's also seen almost right. every kick this guy's ever taken I know if he's trotting out there past 50, you, it's it's a coin flip or or lesser odds. So that makes me yeah. question, like, why they would keep doing that. And if we continue to see it, that'll be weird. But so far, yeah, some bumps, and you kind of hope for consistency within his range, and uh, we'll see where it takes him. But I think they got to stop with, with anything 50-plus unless it's a desperation situation because there's a body of work there. No, I'm right on with you. Yeah, just when you absolutely have to, because the Youngstown thing, that wasn't necessary. I think it was, what, fourth and three. You've been getting nine yards per play up to that point. And yeah, Northwestern, I get that you had maybe like a whisper of wind at your back, but when he – it's like eight yards short. And I'm not knocking Coughlin. I'm not expecting any kicker to just bury 60-yard field goals on the road by any means. But, yeah, it's – yeah, okay, sure. Uh, on one hand, yeah, maybe, you know, make the 39-yarder. But to piggyback off your point, Let's let's start taking smarter field goals, though. You know, like let's maybe he yeah, the only fifty yarder I could remember him hitting was last year's Michigan game. Maybe I'm missing one, but like that's all I can remember at least. So let's uh, pump the brake. Yeah, I'm, I'm right with you here. Never man. been known as a big leg guy. I mean, he's been solid. He's done some great things. He's got him. He's bailed him out some situations in, yeah. the, in the dark ages of the Michigan State offense. I think he's yeah. a net positive. Yeah, he's a net positive yeah. as yeah. a kicker for his career. You yeah. got to know your personnel too. And like, at no point in his career has he ever been consistent over fifty yards. That's just how it is. It's that's just just factual. Look at that. We talked secondary. We talked offensive coordinator. We talked kicking and the woodshed. Hope you guys had that in your bingo card, baby. That's what I'm talking about, Stephen. Once again, cannot thank you enough for uh, being generous with your time and just dropping your your knowledge here on the podcast, man. You're the best, Stephen. You really are. Absolutely. Are you doing your civil duty and, and striping the stadium and keeping the Huskers uh, back on the farm, or what are you doing this weekend? Oh, you know, I, yes, but I don't know what I'm wearing because you said, uh, you know, Mel doesn't want people to sell tickets to Nebraska fans. So, uh, and, and if you have tickets to sell to a, a podcast host, anyone out there, uh, lockedonspartans at gmail.com uh, is where you should put your tickets up for, for grabs because I don't, I don't have a section yet. I don't have a ticket. So, yeah, but I'll be there. I'll be there. No doubt. Do you guys do that in the press box? Are you guys striping the press box too, or what's, what's going on up there? <laughs> No, 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 I can say that won't be okay, happening. All right. All right. Huh. Fair enough. Well, all right. Uh, hey, maybe next game uh, you guys will coordinate something. Uh, but, hey, man, Steven, thank you so much, man. It's already looking forward to next week. If, if you 
uh, agree to say yes. I mean, who, I'm not going to hold you hostage here, but sure, had a great time sure. during your weekly appearance, Stephen. Yeah. Of course. No, yeah. Again, folks, I've been saying all week or since the Miami game, I mean, I think folks can start dreaming big now and maybe this will blow up in my face and Nebraska will beat them. But Let's you go. look at the schedule, Let's I think go. you can kind of readjust <laughs> expectations and dream big. So take that into the week, guys, and, and have a good time out there. Wow. Stephen Brooks has said, everyone, MSU minus four and a half. Lay the mortgage on it right there. Love it, baby. Let's go. <laughs> go green. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Massive, massive thanks to uh, not just friend of the program, but best friend of the program. Steven's always a, a hoot and a half, great time, and always just bringing the, the smarts and the knowledge on these little here airwaves. Uh, we will be back with two days of Nebraska preview. Uh, tomorrow we'll be talking with the fine folks of Corn Nation. And on Friday we'll be, we will be talking to Husker Mike, just picking both their brains on keys of the game, uh, state of their program, how things have been since week zero. Yeah, you'll, you'll find out in the next two days here as we prepare for Stripe the Woodshed, baby. That's right. But until then, guys, betting on the Spartans doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, raw team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcast. All right. Stripe the shed, stripe the shed, stripe that woodshed, baby. Let's go. Go green.